Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, everybody. Well, hey, it's been a little bit of a hiatus here, but Dr. J is back, and I want to introduce you to a fantastic guest today. But before we get to all that, I just want to let everybody know I had to take a break. There's been so many things going on, but we are back, and it's season five, episode one of Discover the Leader in You. Now, I have a question for you today. Why is it that some entrepreneurs thrive while others just go through the motions and they really don't see the results that they desire? Now, some might say, you know, I didn't have the opportunities that other people had or I just didn't know the right people or it just wasn't meant to be. Well, I have to share with you today that it's all about mindset and really embracing a winning attitude of no matter what you may encounter, you have to keep fighting your way through it until you realize your dreams and your goals. Many of you know that I am a strong proponent of leveraging all the tools that you have available to you in order to be successful. For that reason, I have a very special guest on the show today who knows exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to fighting through adversity to reach your entrepreneurial dreams. Cornell Thomas, the president and CEO of Power of Positivity, LLC, will be with us to tell his story and help us understand how to follow your entrepreneurial passion. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone, this is a live show. We want to hear from you. We had a lot of interest on Twitter and Facebook. So give us a call in the studio is 1-888-281-1110. And you can also tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen. And then also you can tweet to Cornell at, at Cornell Thomas. Okay. So I want to remind everybody that my new book, 52 Ways to Tackle Leadership for Your Success, is also available. It's been getting a lot of traction. I appreciate everyone who's gone out to purchase it. You can go to 52waysleadershipbook.com and you will actually receive bonuses at this time. That would be a great benefit. We're giving things like journals away, t shirts, all that great stuff. So go and get the book. And then lastly, if you want to be a part of my free masterclass, How to Get Booked and Paid to Speak Life, is coming up on Thursday, November 3rd. All you need to do to register is to text I Speak Life, no spaces, to 444 999. The cost is free. I would love to have you there. I want to stay connected with you. It is so important for me to be connected with all of you because I believe in helping you to activate your dreams, to get where you want to be. And if any of you have connected with me and been connected with me for any period of time, you know I'm all about relationship and making sure people really reach their full potential. Now, without further ado, I wanna introduce you to a very dynamic young man who's doing some amazing things, Cornell Thomas. His father was a police officer in the city of New Jersey. Uh, officer Bobby Thomas passed away when Cornell was only four years old, leaving his mother to raise him and his four siblings by herself. The strength and positive mindset that Cornell's mom displayed through his childhood helped mold him into the man he is today. Cornell is a speaker, author, 
basketball coach, and he is a world changer. He is a living example of how a positive mindset can transform your life. Cornell's next play mentality is what helped him triumph over adversity and turn the pain of a career-ending injury into finding his purpose in life. Cornell is the author of two books, The Power of Positivity and The Power of Me, with two more books coming out this fall. This man is busy. Cornell, how are you, brother? Dr. Bay, thank you so much for having me. It is, it is an honor to be on your show. Oh, man, thank you so much. I tell you what, when I had the opportunity to talk to you, it was like, wow, this is like kindred spirits, man. This brother, <laughs> he's doing some amazing stuff. I said, I got to get him out to all of our different listeners, man. You are going out to hundreds of thousands of listeners right now. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I want people to hear your story and really hear how you have not only transitioned into a very successful entrepreneur, but someone who loves on people and helps people to reach their full potential. That's what it's all about, man. So thank you for being on. No problem. It's, It's an honor. Absolutely. So, Cornell, we're going to bounce around a little bit today, but one of the things that I really want people to connect to is your journey. Tell me a little bit Mm -hmm. about your journey and just how it really prepared you to be an entrepreneur, even if you didn't know that's what it was doing at the time. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, like you said, I was brought up uh, by the great Tina Thomas. Um, My father passed when I was four years old, Um, so I saw my mom single-handedly raise five kids with no money. I'm originally from Passaic, New Jersey, and my mom moved us to Rockaway, New Jersey, uh, to get a better education. And when I was younger, most kids have aspirations of, you know, being a superhero or a firefighter or whatever they want to be, but I just kind of drifted. I really had no idea what I wanted to be in life. Uh, most young men connect with their father, you know, and so you'd assume, hey, maybe I want to be a police officer, but I didn't really know my father. So... It wasn't until the summer of my sophomore year, my mom is a country girl. She's from Birds, West Virginia. Birds, West Virginia is about the size of my car. So <laughs> okay. I, was, I was 16 years old. I'm in this town the size of my car where I'm related to everybody, which in my family means if you mess up, everybody can hit you in the back of the head. And I'm just hanging out in my cousin's bed. My cousin uh, enlisted into the Army. I look under his bed, and I see hundreds of newspapers. And I open up this newspaper, and there's a picture of my cousin with a basketball, dunking a basketball, and it says, Carlos Taylor scores 27 points and wins. And I started freaking out. Because I, I did not know, I had no idea whatsoever that they put kids in the newspaper mm. for sports. Okay. So I read this article, and it blew me away. So I opened the next paper, and he's shooting a jump shot. And there it is again with his name in the highlights. So I read every single article about a hundred times until I had them memorized. And then I looked on his wall, and he had about 50 pictures of the hottest girls I've ever seen in my life, senior pictures. <laughs> so I started doing the math. Okay. I said, if I play basketball, not only can I be famous, I can actually get a date. There you go. That's <laughs> why many that of time. us do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Around that time, MC Hammer came out. So I had hammer pants. I had that eraser haircut. You know, I was I was in a lot of friend zones. I was in a lot. I wasn't getting a lot of dates. So my first initial why was, man, I can play basketball. I can be famous. I can get a date. But when I got back home and I found this little Pizza Hut basketball and walked three miles to the court, 
I realized something immediately. I was terrible at basketball. Mm. I never picked up a ball before in my life. And there was a, a guy that came out to me when I was that first day I was on the court, and he walked up to me and said, Hi, my name's Ray. Would you mind if I showed you how to shoot a basketball for the next, for the next couple hours? And I said, yeah, sure. I was there for three hours. He said, yeah, sure, please. So for about two hours, two and a half hours, this man who didn't know me from a can of paint showed me how to shoot a basketball. And when he left, I was still terrible, but I was a little bit less terrible than I was before he got there. And what he did for me changed the course of my life. He planted a seed in my head that I could get better if I put the work in. Wow. And it changed me so much. I wrote my second chapter of my first book, Power of Positivity. It's, it's called Ray. It's dedicated to him. And I only saw Ray about four or five times, but that time had such a big impact on me. So I just kept working and working. And junior year came around, and I got cut from varsity. And I'm playing something called JV on a really bad team, and I'm, I'm still working. And I started to doubt myself because I told my mom, I said, Mom, I said, I don't want you to share this dream with anybody, but I want to be a professional basketball player. Mm. And my mom said, sure, baby. That's, that's, and I was so embarrassed of my dream because I, I had so much doubt that I said, Mom, please don't share it. So it was me and my mom's dream. Mm. And so when my senior year came around, and I made varsity because every senior makes varsity, but I sat the whole season and I started to doubt. I never let it stop my due. And that's what I talk to about people about a lot of like entrepreneurs and athletes. Never let your doubt stop your do. Because when you get that doubt and you become stagnant, then you're really going to have a, 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 a reason to doubt. Because now you're going to get worse. As an athlete, you get worse. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're stopped going after what you want. You know, you see opportunities slip out. Now, Cornell, no, I let me – I got to jump in there. I got to jump in there, sure. man, because our listening – and people are tweeting to me now. I mean, our, our yeah. listening audience, we're trying to figure out what you just shared is so powerful. Never let your doubt stop your due. Now, yes, for sir. everyone out there listening, at the end of the day – now, I have worked with, I've coached, I've consulted Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, and the one big difference for people that actually activate their dreams is the ability mm – -hmm to make it through adversity and doubt. So how mm -hmm. did you understand that at such a young age? How, how did you yeah. latch on to that? And we're going to transition to break here in a minute, but yeah. how, did you, how did you do that? I had a great example. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people ask me, man, you know, I grew up without a, a father. And you, I said, yeah, but I said, I grew up with someone that is an absolute lion. My mom was a lion. Mm -hmm. So I had such, I had the epitome of what dealing with adversity looked like in front of me every single day to see her transition from one job to the next to the next, feed us, make sure we had a roof over our head, and do this with a smile on our face, and do this just so we can have a better life. I knew what work ethic was. And she instilled it in me without saying too much. Like She didn't have to say anything. I just saw her example and said, if this woman is working this hard, how could I not? You know, how could, if my mom gives up on her dream, we're outside the house. We're not living. We're not eating. Because her purpose and her dream was for us to have a good life. So I can't give up on my dream. And she instilled that in me at such an early age. And, you know, I thank God every day that she did because that's what got me through that doubt. Wow, Cornell, that is so powerful. And again, to our listening audience, we're talking about really the idea of how you can follow that entrepreneurial passion. And, 
really what it looks like. And the nugget that Cornell just gave to us, just understanding that, hey, you know what? There's going to be doubt. There are going to be dark times. There are going to be challenges that you're going to have to face. But really, the idea is facing those challenges and not allowing it to stop your forward momentum. And, you know, you said your mom's name was Tina, right? Yes, yes, sir. Just the, just the idea that your mom was able to be that champion for your dreams and your siblings' dreams and just what you're doing now because we're going to get into it a little bit more as the show progresses, but you are mm-hmm. making a, a major impact in young people's lives as well. So, yes, sir. you know, it's, it's one of those things that I just want to applaud your mom just for the impact that she's been able to have. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So now – also, one other thing here, we're going to transition in a couple of minutes, but I think that one thing that I heard from you too, Cornell, is that you had all these people in your life. You had your mom, you had your cousin who was navigating and doing different things that made you really get passionate about sports. And then also Ray, to be able to give a chapter of your book to him just really yeah. talks about the impact that he had upon you too. So, you yeah. know, what would you advocate for other people that, maybe wanting to, I don't know, go into an entrepreneurial endeavor? Do they need people to support them and rally around them? What do you think? Well, I'd say the ability to listen is a skill that doesn't have to be taught by anybody else. It's something that you can do yourself. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I, I grew up with because of the way I was raised is the ability to listen. And I don't care who it's from. If I will take any, and some stuff you have to take with a grain of salt, Right. But you'll never know when you can just get hit with this nugget where it would change your life. And what Ray did was, if I was some kid where I was like, what is he going to teach me? I, you know, I'll figure it out myself. My, the course of my life would have been completely different. Right. So I would say a big thing is just having the ability to listen, be open for people to, to pour into you. Mm-hmm. And you'll mm-hmm. never know what you can get. Like when I talk at school and talk to schools, the first thing I say to these kids is I walk up and it doesn't matter, 400 kids, 800 kids, two kids. I say, this talk isn't for all of you right now because some of you aren't ready for it. But the ones that are, the ones that have been looking at me since I started talking, this is something that you can take and put into your life right away. And you other ones, you'll catch up to it when you're ready for it. Wow. So listening is such a big thing. That's it. That's it, Cornell. Hey, we're going to transition here, but hey, everybody, make sure you stay tuned because this brother is dropping nuggets, and it's for everybody. It's not just for those individuals that are young people in schools, but also business owners that really sometimes don't want to listen, and it's really allowing them to not grow. So, hey, stay tuned, everybody. We will be right back with Discover the Leader in You. I am your host, Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker. Be right. Right. Welcome back, everybody. I am with this amazing young man, Cornell Thomas, who is sharing just some nuggets with us. And we're talking about how to follow your entrepreneurial passion. And Cornell, you know, you have been sharing some things that I think we all can glean something from, because at the end of the day, we really need the ability to not only listen, but activate our dreams. And the first mm-hmm. nugget that you shared about not letting doubt stop your due. You know, you're doing your ability to move forward. 
So many of us get trapped in that headspace where we just go, ah, you know what? I, I can't really do this. Uh, no one's going to support me. I, I don't have the funding or whatever it may be. And at that point, you have already lost the battle. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's just so important that we just kind of stick a pin in that and make sure our listeners can come back to that. And just want to remind everybody, hey, if you have questions for Cornell, definitely give us a call at 1-888-281-1110. We'd love to hear from you or tweet your questions. We have some people giving us the thumbs up on Twitter and all that good stuff. But you can tweet to us at, at Jason Carthen and at Cornell Thomas. We'd love to be able to connect with you. So, Cornell, you had all these people in your life. You know, Ray was yes, there. Your mom was there. Your cousin set the tempo. He allowed you to really birth this idea of having a love for basketball. You know, you had this idea of discovering this game of basketball in that gym that day. You weren't that good. But yeah. you know what? Did you did you really ever doubt, you know, that you were going to be able to accomplish your dream of playing professionally one day? Or was that even a, an idea you wanted to have? It was something that I doubted often okay. early on in my career okay. because I had uh, a coach in high school that kind of you know, looked at me, knew that I wasn't great, um, and kind of left me on the bench. You know, because you know I coach basketball, and sometimes you forget about the eighth, ninth, and tenth guy. You know, you kind of forget about them. Right. So it wasn't until I got to junior college where. I think started to pick up. Like Malcolm Gladwell has, a, you know, the book Outliers. He talks about being proficient, and mm -hmm. if you be proficient at anything, it's ten thousand hours. I did the math, doc, and I say it's about eleven thousand hours until it hit me. And then next thing you know, it's all, you know, all, you know, all region, all this, all that, all that. My sophomore year, of my of my junior of junior college. So it, it, I tell people, I said, imagine being bad at something for five years. What do most people do? They quit. That's right. Right. That's right. So mm -hmm. I. For me to just go, just be so stubborn, despite me being bad, that I would just wasn't going to quit. And I, I knew at some point this work ethic was going to pay off and the sacrifice was going to pay off. I remember my junior year watching limos drive by to the junior prom as I was on the course shooting around. And the same thing my senior year. So I tell people all the time, if you talk about success and chasing dreams, you've got to be willing to sacrifice what you like to get what you love. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to do that. You know, the prom would have been great, but a full scholarship and a free education was better. You know, uh, uh, being able to get a pro contract, that was better than me going out to a party. You know, so it's, it's, it's a big sacrifice. And as you know, because you've been on that level in multiple ways, success is a lonely road. Not mm -hmm. everybody's going to come with you. There's not a lot of highlight uh, uh, headlights when you're on the road to success. Oh, my you know, goodness. So you have to be ready for the solitude. <laughs> Yes, yes. And let me let me press the pause button because the thing that you just <laughs> man, I don't know. I might have to have you open for me or I'm gonna open for you when we go speak or something. But you know, some of these things that you're sharing here, you know, now tell me this again. Sacrifice what you like in order to say that again? Sacrifice what you like in order to get what you love. Wow. That is that and that is relatable across so many things, whether it's work, whether it's relationships, mm -hmm. how you parent your children, all those things, because you know, sometimes even when you parent, you can tell your kids, Well, I'll just give, 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 and then they become spoiled brats and it's drama yeah. and <laughs> all this other stuff. So you gotta kind of sacrifice some stuff and yeah. and let them understand the value of things like that. But then 
You know, you you really touched on something that's near and dear to me because mm. you know what? Success is lonely. You know, if yeah. you're doing it the right way, it is very lonely. Now, let me unpack that mm. a little bit because, you know, some people would say, hey, you're successful. You got money. You got the house. You got the cars. You got all these things. But I can mm-hmm. I can really tell people just like you can that even if you have all those things, it doesn't do anything to help you mature. It doesn't do anything mm-hmm. to help you to love on people and help them reach sure. their goals. And, you know, it's it's really so important that at the end of the day, you walk this journey out and sometimes it's going to be lonely. Uh, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you want positive people around you, such as yourself and such as your bride and whoever else that mm-hmm really has that like-minded nature uh, that we sure. all need when we're doing something amazing uh, on our path sure. to greatness. So I really appreciate that, man. And let me ask you this now, specifically yeah. for our listening audience, you know, when we're talking about following your entrepreneurial passion and knowing that it's going to be lonely, how do you cope? I mean, help, help our listening audience out. How do you cope when it's, when it's lonely like that? Well, a very important thing for entrepreneurs, uh, athletes, anybody in this world to understand is this. Your why, and I know it's a, it's a catchy thing people say now, but your why, your purpose, has to be strong enough. And if it's strong enough, that solitude won't hurt because you'll know that you're going towards that mission. So when I walk down that road and there is no headlights and it's just me on this dark road chasing it, I know that at the end of that road, is going to be me helping and serving others and pouring into others. Yes. So that gets me through it. So your why, I tell people all the time, I'm like, if your why doesn't get you out of bed in the morning, get a stronger why. Mm. Period. Mm. Period. Because mm. my why gets me up at 4 a.m. My why gets me up at 4.30. My why sometimes gets me up at 3.15. Mm-hmm. It's just I know that I'm going to wake up and help someone. And that's my purpose. If you walk, if you roam this earth and don't know why you're here, you'll wake you'll wake up at twelve in the afternoon. That's but right. when you know why you're here, man, you're excited to get up. I've been using the alarm clock in years. That's right. Because I know that I was put on this earth to help people. Wow, Cornell. And so it's you stepping on some toes, man. If we were in church, they'd be shouting you down right now. <laughs> they would be shouting you down like, where this brother come from? He don't know me. But anyway, here's the issue. Here's the issue with that, because whenever we start talking about, you know, the why, you know, I, I always try and help people understand that it's a very close connector with your purpose. And you alluded to that. But sometimes, Cornell, people don't understand how to navigate getting to their purpose. So we yeah. can't even talk about the why. We can't even get mm-hmm. excited and say, well, I'm going to roll out of bed at 3.30. They would say, what? Why am I yeah. doing that? Because, <laughs> you know, I need more sleep and, you yeah. know, I'm not motivated at work and I don't want to show up at work and I'm just, it's just a paycheck and all these other things. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think we when we throw out things like you got to know your why, we also have to give them a, a path to understanding their sure. purpose and their why. So, you know, for our listening audience, you know, you, you have to remember if you're going to ferret out and understand what your purpose is, you first must begin to identify what you are passionate about. You, you mm-hmm. have to do that. You know, we're not going to yeah. tell you, hey, your why is working on, on Wall Street. We're not going to tell you that because we don't know. Now, if you like yeah. numbers, if you like um, 
working with things that allow you to have some uh, isolation <laughs> when you're doing if you're yeah. introvert, then OK, you know, we're, you're probably on that path to understanding what your purpose is. But the big thing that I want our listening audience to understand is that, hey, we're not telling you, hey, just figure out you know, what your why is and run after it. You know, Cornell is letting us know that once you've identified your why, it's going to be uniquely connected to what your passion is and you'll know what that purpose is. So, you know, you shared something. You said your why has to be strong enough that the solitude you encounter will not hurt you. I think I'm going to steal that. And just yeah. uh, just put it on my website and uh, and just see what happens, you know, because that's yeah, yeah. that's good stuff right there, man. That yeah. is really good stuff, a, man. But Doc, you brought up such a great point. You know, it's people think when you say your you know your why, it's like something easy that you can snap your fingers. Mm-hmm. But you hit the nail on the head. It's your, it's finding your passion. It's finding up what would wake you up every day, you know, like early, without you thinking about what would you do every day if bills wasn't a problem, they weren't a problem. Yes. You know, that's how you find your why. And it's so powerful, it's such a powerful point to put out to people because people get discouraged when someone says, well, find your why. That's right. You know, that's like, okay, that's like telling me to go somewhere, somewhere on a road map with no lines and no directions and no nothing. Like, I have to just figure it out. So Ooh. I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> finding that passion is so important because with that in that passion is your purpose. There you go. And 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 that's what and that's where you'll find it most. You'll find your purpose when you're passionate most of the time. All so right. I thought that was just such a great point. And that's... I'm writing down stuff as you talk too, just so you know. Oh, perfect, man. Well, hey, you're free to use it. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're, we're going to transition a break here. You are listening to Discover the Leader in You with Cornell Thomas, and we're talking about how to follow your entrepreneurial passion and. Hey, stay tuned, everybody. When we come back, we're going to unpack this even further because it's my understanding that this gentleman was in North Dakota playing. So we got to (laughs) unpack that a little bit. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. We are on with uh, Cornell Thomas. He is just a phenomenal guest. He's sharing some nuggets with us. He is the author of The Power of Positivity and The Power of Me. And I can see why he has delved into those areas of positivity, because some of the things that we've been talking about really lend themselves to understanding why people do what they do and just understanding just the benefits of knowing your behavioral characteristics and how it can help you move forward in life. And it's just so important to be able to have that. So Cornell, before we went to break, we were talking about the idea of playing in North Dakota. (laughs) So we need to uh, really unpack that, you know, a little bit. So man, how did that happen? And (laughs) what was that like? <laughs> Great question. Oh, so I was at a junior college showcase, this All Star Showcase in Maryland, and I started getting phone calls late in the summer from all these different schools. And because of because I, I had my credits, I couldn't go to a Division One school, so I had to go to an NAI school. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call from this school in North Dakota, and Minot State University. And my mom goes. Cornell, do you know where North Dakota is? I was like, yeah, Mom, that's uh, where the uh, the Mount Rushmore or something is. Say, no, 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 no. That's South Dakota. She goes, this is North Dakota. 
And I was like, Mom, it's a free education. She was like, bye. Like, she literally was like, <laughs> she was like, I think she wanted to kick me out two weeks early. That's all she, she needed like, to hear. Yeah, free education. I'll see you later. So I get to North Dakota. It was like around September 6th. Um, I have shorts and a T-shirt. It's 48 degrees. Wow. And the first thing the coach said to me was, uh, Cornell, you might want to invest in a winter jacket. And I said, okay. So I had no idea what he meant. I mean, we get snow in New Jersey, whatever. The first snowfall, we got three feet. Oh, my goodness. Three feet. Yeah. That sounds like Cleveland, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> three feet. I mean, it, I, I never, I've never been somewhere that there's a winter advisory not to go outside because it's 48 below with the windshield. Oh, my. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, we were driving the games. I would see Buffalo. Mm. I thought it was National Geographic. I mean, for me, <laughs> the most exotic animal that I saw for a while was a possum. Wow. You know, and I hear I was looking at Buffalo. So my wife actually played. She's from Washington State. She played through the women's team. So that's how I met my wife. Okay. So I always say that that was the best decision I made to go to North Dakota and play basketball because I was able to meet my wife. And, you know, we have two kids now. My son Bryce is three and Naya is one. Uh, but I met her, uh, you know, playing, you know, playing basketball in North Dakota. It was, it was good. I met some really good people out there. The Midwest people were unbelievably kind. And uh, it, it was just a whole different experience for me. Wow, that is awesome. Now, when I went on your uh, your website and then I saw some of the other pictures that you had, was that your daughter? Was that You said her name was Naya? Yes. Wow, my yeah. daughter's name is Naya, too. Uh, I, heard, I know. You know why? Because <laughs> I was on your website the other day, and I want to bring that up. That means you both have daughters named Naya. That is great. I was watching great. one of your videos. You had a video. Um, with you and your daughter. Yes. And uh, it, you and I were on, I think you just worked out or something. And yep. I said, that's man, it. are we connected or are we connected? We are I definitely connected, up. man. That's <laughs> that's awesome, brother. Now, tell me your bride's name, because you said Bryce yeah. and Naya. What's your Melissa. bride's name? Melissa. Excellent. Melissa. Okay. Yeah. Well, shout she, out. She's, she's, a, she's a good, she's one, of, she's one of the best shooters in the house. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know what, man? I tell you what, we I may have to just bring my crew and we just going to okay. have a <laughs> we're going to have a shootout and see who pays for the pizza, whatever. So, all right. I, gotta, I have to win that because you got a way bigger crew than me. That's right, I man. I can't fit that bill. Like, I, I have to win that no matter what. Oh, man. So, all right. So, quick question. And I un, yeah. Unpause us here. So, something happened, though, and we got we to gotta switch gears because yeah. – I really want to relate this to a metaphor because, you know, when we start talking about following your entrepreneurial passion, we have a lot Mm -hmm. of people out here that they have these ideas. Some of them have stopped. They've started. They're doing these different things. And Mm -hmm. some of them have experienced some serious challenges, whether they, you know, went to the bank to get financing or whether they had someone invest in them or whether they just... I don't know, they lost money, whatever it may be, but they've experienced challenges as they have tried to navigate this entrepreneurial road. Now, the metaphor that I want you to speak to is that you were tremendously successful. You were moving forward and then a tragedy and an obstacle happened in your life. So tell our listening audience about that. So uh, I got home from North Dakota. And I started playing with, you know, working out with NBA guys, guys that are playing in Europe, people I saw on ESPN. And I got a call from my agent. And he said, Cornell, in two weeks, you're going to Lisbon, Portugal to play. You're going to be in the top division. This is the amount of money you'll make. This is the amount of money you need to live on, which was not even a quarter of that. 
Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, okay, well, I'll send the rest of my money to my mom at home. You know, I'll go here, play overseas for a couple of years, and hopefully get a tryout somewhere in the States. So it was about a week away. I had a going-away party. My girlfriend flew down from Washington State, my wife now. Um, and I'm on the court on a Sunday with a couple of my friends. So we're playing three-on-three, and I go to the basket, and I hear a pop. Mm. So I fall down to the ground, try to get myself up, can't get myself up. I fall back down. My friends come running over. And the first thing I said is, who stepped on my heel? And my boys go, you know, Cornell, no one was by you, no one was by So I said, well, help me out. And I realized that I couldn't put any weight on my right foot. Mm. So I drive myself, which isn't the smartest thing, to the hospital, drag me and my foot up to the emergency room. And I call my mom and I said, Mom, I said, I'm, in, I'm at New Memorial Hospital. And I think it might be serious, but I'm not really sure. Could you come down? I think it's somewhere with my ankle. Mm. My mom comes down. There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Bradish. Goes, Cornell, I'm going to grab the back of your calf. If you feel excruciating pain, we have to do surgery on Thursday. You got the back of my calf, and I can tell you right now, Jason, to this day, I cannot remember that Monday after I left the hospital, that Tuesday or that Wednesday. All I remember is that Thursday morning, early afternoon, having a hard cast from my foot to the middle of my thigh. Wow. And then I remember getting an email from my agent and a phone call saying, Cornell, I'm sorry, but we have to void this contract out. Good mm. luck. When you get better, give me a call. Wow. So in four days, what I've been working for for six years, I mean, I'm six years removed from sitting JV, all that sacrifice, it just disappeared. And I'll never forget the hardest day, one of the hardest days of my life, and talking about it just now gets me choked up, is I remember that Friday, my mom coming into my room and kissing me on the forehead on her way to one of her three jobs. Mm. And my why changed when I was in junior college. At first, I want to play basketball because I want to be famous, I want to be girls. But my why changed, and it changed to, I want to play professional basketball so this woman who loves me so much, believes in me so much, never has to work another day in her life again. Mm. So wow. when she kissed me on the forehead and walked out, I lost, I never, I didn't shed a tear in front of her, I didn't want her to see me in pain. But I was just sitting there, and I was, I mean, I was uncontrollably crying for about two hours. Mm-hmm. And then, because this is what happens when adversity happens, we, I started to get angry. Right. And I'm cursing the heavens, and I'm saying, you know, why me? I, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I work hard, I'm a good person. And when adversity strikes in our business, in our life, our relationship, whatever, the first thing we do is we get in why me mode. Right. Right? And mm-hmm. everybody's against us. and every, And so... After a while, I just stopped, and I started thinking about my mom, and I started thinking about going home and the lights being cut off because we couldn't pay the bill. My mom walking in the house without even taking a step and turning on, camp, putting on candles and giving us flashlights, and when we come home, the hot water wouldn't be there. You know, we didn't have any hot water because we couldn't pay the bill. My mom would boil cold water, put in a bathtub, mix it, and we take baths. Mm-hmm. And I said, Cornell, your mom, the woman you love so much, it's all about solutions. She's not about problems. And here you are, sitting down on your bed in why me mode, worrying about this problem that is going to heal, that's going to get better. So I said to myself, why not get out of why me mode and into what now mode? Mm-hmm. And when that changed, I made a phone call to my closest friend. I said, Kev, 
I said, I need you to pick me up Monday morning. And he sounded like I died because my, my inner circle mourned the fact that I was hurt because they knew how hard I worked. And he said, Cordell, why do you want me to pick? I said, just pick me up. We're going to the gym. And for the next six months, I shot from a chair. Mm. Wow. So my advice for people is this. Whatever goal, you don't get the loan you wanted. The property you want to build on, something happens. Right? You, you, your business goes under. Right. It's okay to express human emotion. That's it's right. okay to be upset. It's okay to, to, you know, to be angry. But you can't live in that negative emotion if you're ever going to find the solution to the problem. Yep. Okay. And that's what, that's what pushed me on, and that's what helped me move forward. Wow. Cornell, let me, let me share something. We're going to transition to break here in a second. But I think it's so powerful what you just shared for our entrepreneurs out there, our business owners, even our C-suite executives. You know, there are going to be times where it's pretty dark. You know, there are going yeah. to be times where there is a certain level of uncertainty. But if there's one nugget that I want us to think about before we transition to break, and we're going to pick this back up after break, is that you shared it's mindset. It has to be mindset because you cannot find the solution if you're just sitting there feeling down. Right. Yeah. I mean, am I hearing you correctly with that? 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's the thing. So. Hey, everybody, we are talking to Cornell Thomas, and he just transitioned us because, you know, when we're talking about following your entrepreneurial passion. The reality is that you're going to get punched in the mouth. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. So if you condition yourself emotionally and psychologically to deal with that on the front side and be honest with yourself, there is no amount of what you can accomplish. You can do what you need to do, but it's mindset. We'll be right back, everybody, and we're going to unpack this even further. Discover the leader in you. Welcome back, everybody. This is Discover the Leader in You, and we are talking to Cornell Thomas. He is the author of The Power of Positivity and The Power of Me. And, you know, I got to tell you, Cornell, man, you're messing folks up in the studio. We all like, wow, like that's that's some serious stuff. You know, Andrew in the control room is looking like, man, <laughs> that's, a, that's a serious story. And I'm, I'm tweeting stuff out about what you're doing and just your ability to embrace a mindset uh, that your mom instilled in you so early, man. Many people will not do that. I mean, we see the headlines, Cornell, of people that are making habitually bad choices and people that yes, are saying at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's all about me, me, me. And mm -hmm. you made a conscious choice to go, no, you know, my mom has sacrificed it all and I need to do my part. So to be able to shoot from a chair and try and get yourself back ready, it's just amazing, man. I just really, it really speaks to the strength of character and some of the things that you're even doing right now as you are giving back. So now, Cornell, I want to ask you, just want to uh, press the pause button for our listening audience and like I said, you're broadcasting to hundreds of thousands of people over on iHeartRadio and then also WHK. And 
I want to have people be able to get in contact with you. I know that sure. you speak all the time. I've seen some of the things that you do. You have a powerful message. How would people get in contact with you, Cornell? What would they need to do? Do you have, you know, a website, different things like that? Yeah. I, I'd say the um, the first way they could do it is just going to uh, cornell-thomas.com. Uh, that's my website, and I post a bunch of things. Uh, I also, and like you, I'm active on Twitter at Cornell Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is Cornell Thomas 34. And on Facebook, just search me Cornell Thomas, uh, just like the Cornell Thomas. So I also tell people if you want to get in contact with me, if you there's a question or anything you need to reach out to me about, uh, the, one of the easiest ways is Cornell Thomas 365 at gmail.com. That is my email. I answer that email. Um, if you need information about you know where I'm speaking or you want me to come speak or you want just have a question, I, I love this interaction. I love connecting. It's actually how I met Dr. J. I just saw how mm-hmm. amazing he like he was doing the great things he was doing, and I said, you know what, I got to reach out to this guy. Oh, so I ended up you. reaching out to him, and next thing you know, uh, I'm on his radio show, and we're we're conversing and finding out we have daughters by the name of Naya and all this great stuff. So. I love the interaction, so oh, thank feel you, free brother. to reach out. Yeah, my my honor, man, to have you on today. And now, give that email one more time. Yes, sir. It's uh, Cornell Thomas three sixty five at gmail dot com. Okay. And last question: If people want to buy your books, how do they get those? Are those at the website, or how would they how would they get those? Uh, they can come on go on Amazon. Both books are on Amazon. Okay. And uh, the third one is, will be as well. The third one's not coming out until March, but the third one will be as well. Okay, perfect. All right, so that's a perfect segue. Now, you have decided to be very unconventional. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you saw your cousin, you saw your mom, you know, Ray spoke into your life. What gave you the idea that you wanted to chart your own course as an entrepreneur? Because You know, for our listening audience, many people may be saying, you know, that's great. Cornell has that strength of character. He can do all that stuff, but I'm not there. So what Mm. was that thing? What was that defining moment or thing that made you say, okay, I am going to be my own business owner. I'm going to do all the stuff that it requires to be able to move forward. What was that thing for you? Well, when I I started coaching basketball, um, after I decided, you know, I'm not going to play, I'm going to start coaching. I opened up my first business. I opened up was Crossroads Basketball, which was a business training kids and coaching kids. And I opened that up because I was coaching under another organization, and I was doing a lot of the, you know a lot of the work. And I'm like, well, why can't I just do this myself? Right. I said, and I'm not, you know, I'm I've always been that type of kind of alpha mindset. Well, man, I can do this. Why don't I just do it? You know. So, uh, so it was funny. I ran my first camp, and I was thinking. You know, if you build it, they will come. So I buy a hundred T-shirts. I get all these flyers made. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going crazy, Jason. I'm going nuts. Oh my I'm like, goodness. I mean, they're, we're gonna have to beat the kids away from the door. There's gonna be so many kids. I had five counselors. I had three kids at my first time. <laughs> 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 I was so far in the red. It's in like one of my old English papers, and I'm sitting there like. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, I'm 2,500 in the red for my first camp. Yeah. My second camp, I had four kids. I'm like, okay, this is gonna take a lot more work than I thought. Yeah. But I never, you know, that that loss, that little setback, to me, it was just a learning experience. You know, there's there's a lesson in every loss. So I just knew that I was meant to be at the helm of my own business and not have someone tell me, hey, you know what, you got to work a nine to six, and there's no 
fluctuation on your schedule. This is where you got to be. That's just not my mindset. I'm, I'm a free bird. I need to be able to go out and do different things to impact people. So yeah. uh, for the, my basketball business, that was the reason. I, I, I knew I could do it myself. So let me let me chime in here because this is that's perfect. I, I love that you shared that because, you know, I do uh, coaching and I help uh, entrepreneurs and business owners as well as, you know, as C-suite executives to to really figure out the pathway to their success. And one of the big things that I found over the years is that people have these ideas and they're going to do all this stuff and it's going to be a big splash yeah. and all this stuff. And. <laughs> That's that dangerous moment. <laughs> I tell people yeah. all the time, it's okay to have dreams and go yeah. after them, but you know, let's make sure that we vet our ideas. Let's make sure yeah. that we have a fallback plan. <laughs> we need that yeah. because if you don't, that's how you get discouraged. And sure. you know, you have such a strong mindset that you're like, "Hey, you know what? It, that's all par for the course. That's okay." Yeah. But many people they don't have that. So, you know, I just think it's great that you shared that experience uh, with our listening audience because, hey, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have those moments, but don't oh, yeah. get discouraged. Just continue to move forward. But as much as you can, vet your ideas. Uh, if you have a course that you're going to offer, if you have a class that you're going to teach, whatever it may be, or a business idea, you need to vet it. Make sure that mm. it has uh, just an interest behind it. And Sure. And then you can do whatever you need to do. So I love that story, man. Thanks for uh, being yeah, vulnerable no and really uh, putting <laughs> that out there. No so, problem. you know what, Cornell, let me ask you, what tangible steps uh, would you advise other entrepreneurs who may be on the line to take as they chase after their dreams? And I know I'm going to put you on front street here, but. Yeah, that's fine. What steps? That's fine. I, <laughs> I'd say the first thing, the very first thing, is you have to give yourself some free time to visualize and get a clear and concise picture of kind of where you want to go with your business okay. and what action steps you need to take to get there. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I used the analogy before. We all know where we are right now, but if you have no idea where you want to go, you are going to stay in the same spot or just chase yourself around in circles. So I'm a really big, I, I really do be, believe in writing down what you want, like making these tangible goals and these taking these action steps and putting it somewhere where you can see it. I had a kid that um, he right now, uh, he's working out for the Charlotte Bobcats, and he played at the University of Virginia, and I said, I want you to do me a favor. He said, what do you want me to do, Coach? I said, I want you to write down three letters on a yellow sticky tape. N dot B dot A. And I want you to put it somewhere where you can see it. And I want you to ask yourself, every day you look at it, am I working towards this goal? And if the answer is no, if the goal doesn't happen, you have no one to blame but yourself. Mm. Because you have all the skills, you have all the tools. It's the same thing in terms of being an entrepreneur. How much time are you spending on what you are talking about? It's easy to talk about what you want to do or what you're going to do. But how much time are you spending on taking those action steps to actually accomplishing what you want from your business? So I say the first step, the first tangible step you can make is writing it down and having a clear and concise kind of path on how I need to get there. You know, what kind of money do I need to raise? What will my business look like once I start 
you know, getting the, the, the revenue to do this. So I think that that would be the first thing I tell people to do. Well, Cornell, I tell you what, man, you <laughs> you just shared some uh, <laughs> some powerful stuff right there. <laughs> and you know what, Cornell, we're going to have to have you back on the show, man. You oh, know, we we have ran out of time and I oh, just wow. yeah, <laughs> I know it went by so quickly. But, you know, I just want to tell you that, you know what, brother, I truly value you and what you're doing. Make sure you keep okay. loving on those kids showing them just a pathway to greatness and just thank you for being on the show today i really appreciate that thank you for having me you're 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 a very you're very hard person to follow because you do so much great stuff (laughs) but i love the fact that i can turn on my twitter turn on anything and see someone so successful that's giving back and reaching out to other people all right thank you brother hey everybody i appreciate all of you thank you for tuning in it's been a blessing make sure you check back with us and we'll talk to you soon listening to discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker dr jason carthen we want to hear from you connect with us now visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com like us on facebook at facebook.com slash enterprises Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you.